Hello, and welcome to the Smart Injury Doctors Podcast, the injury market's top program for doctors, lawyers, and insurers who want to gain greater insight on how to improve patient recovery results and deliver better services in the U.S. injury market. Please welcome your host, Dr. Jeffrey Allen Kronk. Okay, what I want to talk about today is why general MDs may be the worst place for an injury, spinal injury person to go to. That's what I want to talk about today. Now, what I want to say, I want to start off by saying, look, the reason why I'm going to say what I'm going to say is because they're not trained. So, and but I'm also going to do give you a little bit of research or give you a little bit of, of, of rationale behind this and basically a lot of experience. I'm going to start off by saying, unfortunately, there is no profession in the spinal injury market that has in their background, in their training, in their professional training, there are no programs. There's no chiropractic school in the country that has a program on spinal injuries. Not where you take, oh, wow, we took two two semesters of spinal injury training. Now, there's no DO, doctor of osteopathy, it's not in their program. MEMD, it's not in their program. Uh, doctor of PT, it's not in their, it's not in their curriculum. So let's get, let's, let's talk about that. And now that shouldn't be that way. It absolutely 1000% should not be that way because today there's going to be around 292, 295, somewhere in there, thousand visits, 295,000 visits to medical doctors for some form of injury. There's going to be 108,000, uh, emergency room visits today for injuries. Now, probably if you look at the statistics, about 60%, 61% of that is spine related, right? Remember, lumbar spine is the number one cause of pain and disability. Neck spine problems are the number four cause of pain and disability. Headaches, often associated with neck problems, is the number six leading cause of chronic pain and disability. Okay, so when you ha- when you have an injury, you want to go to somebody who's very, who's at least somewhat familiar with, 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 with spinal injuries. Now, the profession that fares the best at it happens to be the chiropractic profession, and it has a lot to do. That's my profession. It, we have a lot to do to clean up. We have no standardized procedures. Uh, you go into ten different chiropractic offices, and you get ten different diagnoses, ten different. Uh, ideas of what the patient's injuries are, it's terrible. But it's the least of the terrible, right? So what I'm talking about today is if you go into a general medical practitioner, look, these people are educated, they're smart, but you can't be educated on something, you can't be smart in something that you've never studied, you've never been educated in, and they're the least educated, right? So if I go to the American Family Physicians, which is an on-site area, uh, Association of American Family Physicians.org. And I look up nonspecific back pain and return to work. I'm going to see an article. I'm going to see research and guidelines that tell me, hey, this is guidance for doctors who are dealing with patients with low back injuries, right? Um, you know, as many as 90%, and so this is what it says, this was published in 2007, there's no update to this, as many as 90% of the persons with occupational non-specific low back pain are able to return to work in a relatively short period of time. Now, what in the hell is non-specific low back pain? It's only in the medical profession that you have things like, hey, 
uh, we're going to call this nonspecific low back pain or nonspecific neck pain. Now, to anybody, that should mean, I don't know what the hell it is. We don't know what it is. And that happens to be the case. So it goes on to say the management of low back pain and determining patients' safe return to work are common issues encountered by family physicians. Now, their challenges, they openly admit, say, we don't really know the job demands, the physical job demands. We don't know how much stress there is on the body parts. We don't know anything really about the complex workers' compensation systems because we don't do that. Administrators deal with that. And we have to deal with a vast array of diagnostic and therapeutic interventions with questionable effectiveness and value. It states it right here, right in this, in, in, in this, in this um, guideline, right? Now, it says... Look, um, 63% of the injuries to the body, you know, there's 4.2 million non-fatal occupational injuries. 63% of the injuries are involved with the trunk, involved in the spine. 42% of these injuries require time away from work. Uh, sprains are the most common condition that there is. Right? But they'll say in the same thing, they'll say, hey, we, we have these risk factors. And one of our risk factors is for us, now remember, this is they're promoting their profession. They're saying the cause of low back pain from the injury at work cannot be clearly identified in 90% of the patients. It says some physical demands, including manual lifting, twisting, bending, and whole body vibration are associated with increased likelihood of low back pain. Now, what does twisting do? What does bending do? What does whole body vibration do? What does it do to the tissues? We know that as injury providers. It can seriously cause damage and injury to those tissues. But they go on to say it should be noted that association with these things is not equivalent to causation. And they further go on to say, however, there is strong evidence that personal and occupational psychosocial variables play a more important role than the spinal pathology or the physical demands on the job. Now, they just said, 90% of the time, we don't actually know. We've never been trained in this. 90% of the time, we don't know what the underlying spinal pathology is. So when you don't know something, you have to grasp onto something that you think you maybe do know. So it says, however, there's strong evidence that personal and occupational psychosocial variables play a more important role. So let's, let's talk about what are those psychosocial risk factors um, that are associated with work absentee and chronic disability that we need to we need to address well depression depression is a big one so if i'm working with a doctor and the doctor doesn't know what the heck's causing my problem i'm gonna be depressed don't treat the depression up above they'll tell you how you obviously how do you treat depression you treat it with drugs right what's another psychosocial risk factor education level the lower your education level the more problems you have Okay, well, how am I going to fix your education level? Am I going to, you know, is it like the matrix where I'm going to stick a tube in your head and five minutes later you're going to know how to fly a helicopter or, you know, make complex mathematical equations, you know, come out? Um, no, obviously. Excessive pain level is a psychosocial variable. It's, it's right listed in the guidelines. Well, if I don't know what's causing the problem and the person is complaining of excessive levels of pain... How do I treat excessive levels of pain? Well, you're going to drug it. You're going to give it an opioid. You're going to drug it because you don't have the cause. The cause is an underlying physical condition. 
or fear avoidance. Hey, if I don't know what the cause of the problem, underlying cause of problem is, of course the person's going to suffer from fear avoidance. I don't, it, he, all I know is when I go back and I try to do my job, it really hurts. So I have a fear of doing that job. That's called fear avoidance. It's natural. It shouldn't be drugged. It shouldn't be you know, treated. Job dissatisfaction. Hell, if I got to do my job and it hurts me to do my job, of course I'm going to be dissatisfied. Legal representation. Legal representation has never been proven in any study that there's any outcome difference if a person has a legal represent, representative or not. In the studies where they, where they tested it, people that didn't have legal representation had the same disability as people that did. Somatization disorder. Somatization disorder means that I'm internalizing on my condition. I can't get it off my attention. My low back hurts every time I move and I can't get my attention off it. Again, normal. Unemployment. Wow, I'm not employable like this. Again, normal. So when you have, the one thing I do like about the medical profession, and this is basically general medical practitioners, is they'll openly admit that they don't know what they, 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 they will openly admit what they don't know. Other professions are sort of, you know, they kind of almost fake it. Like they know something even though they don't know it. So that's what I love about it. But what it means is this. Most patients, if you look at it, there's 295,000 visits for injury, injuries today. If 63%, 61% of that is spine related and the typical patient is going to a general practitioner, that's not the place to go. That's a, that's a major problem. That's causing huge amounts of expense that wouldn't need to be in the U.S. economy. So it's not the best place to go. Is that controversial for me to say it? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think there's too much stuff to back it up. So when you have, when anyone has an injury or has, remember, the same thing that causes chronic pain causes acute pain. The thing, so I can reverse that. I can say the same thing that causes acute pain causes chronic pain. Injuries are and appear to be the number one cause of pain and disability in the world today, right? So the more that you have injury providers that understand injuries, the more that you have, in, you have doctors in the market that understand chronic pain and get down to the root cause of the problem. And that's where you want to be. Is that going to be your medical doctor? No, typically it's not. That's typically a drug route. Um, that's typically not. So that's not the best place. If somebody's in an auto injury, the best place to go is not to your primary medical doctor. It's just not. Uh, especially when you factor in research that says if there's a delay in getting proper treatment, your risk of disability goes up dramatically. So you got to get to the, you know, I wouldn't go to the medical doctor for a bad toothache. Oh, it took me four weeks to get into the medical doctor. And what, what do I show up? I show up with a toothache. Well, that's not their specialty. That's not what they're good at. Now, if I show up and I've got a severe infection, they're good at that. Right, but you wouldn't you wouldn't show up with a toothache. You wouldn't show up with a so the neck injury, the back injury. That's not the best place to go. It's just simply not. Anybody that looks like it, I think would come to the same conclusion. And oftentimes, in most practices that I've been 
or you know, I've been around a long time, is most of the time they're referring that person out to a doctor of physical therapy or to somebody else. Because they're not, they don't know. And it's just a delay. It's just a delay of proper treatment. When people are injured, you want to get to providers that understand the injuries now, today. And that MD, that general MD, is not shown to be the best place to go. So again, on these pod, and it's not to run down the medical doctor. Medical doctors are extremely smart. It's just not their area. It's not their area of expertise. So again, what I do on these podcasts, we have a, we have a doctor's program called the Smart Injury Doctors Program. If you want to check us out, check us out at www.smartinjurydoctors.com. We also have a free Facebook user group called Spinal, um, Spinal, Smart Injury Doctors Practice Building Success Secrets. You can look us up on Facebook, join the group. Or if you have any questions, call us at 800-940-6513. As always, short, sweet, and to the point, on a, on a point. I thank you very much for your time. And doctors, I thank you for what you do in the injury market today. Look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. You've been listening to the Smart Injury Doctors Podcast, the number one audio production show for professionals in the U.S. injury market that want to deliver better injury services to the patients, clients, or insureds they serve. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review and don't forget to join us on our next program.